Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. everybody and welcome to episode 18 of season two of the creative exponent and if you were wondering why there was not a podcast last week it's because we basically did a live podcast on instagram Mm -hmm. um, which was a lot of fun we like doing that every once in a while so that we can um it's more of a discussion even though it's a discussion between sean and i usually but we like to (laughs) we are including a few other people in the discussion (laughs) right um but it it was it was so good. And actually, I've, I don't know if you have either, if you have Shauna also, but I've received a bunch of yeah. um, emails from people, not emails, but messages from people who were really bummed that now they can't go back and listen to them. I know. Because... I know. That's the only downside if we don't go back and, and record it in some way, which sometimes, you know, that's easy and it works. And then sometimes, you know, a screen recording of that is kind of a pain in the butt. So it just depends. But yeah, that's the only downside. We don't, you know, it goes away. So <laughs> yeah, because they, they were good and really just encouraging. And I'm not saying that like, man, we were so good. No. But it's like, the conversation was yeah. so good. And the questions and some people really asked questions with vulnerability. Yeah. And um, it, it was just really, really good. I think maybe next time we do a live, what we should do is have our mics on and, and record like we're it. doing here yeah. and just record it to share on the podcast. I think so. Note. Side note. Do. Yep. I thought <laughs> of that last week. I just never, <laughs> never pulled that out and said something. So yeah. That so we'll do that next idea. time. But, um, but today we're talking about five mistakes that creative entrepreneurs make. And this yeah came out of kind of a conversation that we were having. We both do mentoring in a group form and also just Mm -hmm. one-on-one mentoring. And we were talking about not like, oh man, all these mistakes that people make, (laughs) but talking about like, man, why do creatives, us included, why do we do some of this stuff? And we see it's like a pattern thing. Like the bulk of us do it. Yeah. And it's pretty common. Like, yes, there are different things that we all struggle with, you know, at different times, but there's a lot of common thread that runs, especially getting started, you know, um, and even, I think it's just a cyclical thing. We go back and forth into those places where we kind of got to check this stuff, you know, and make sure we're not I mean, I just did it this weekend. One of the things on our list, I was like, I, I mean, I did. And Andrew was just like, Shauna, what, what are you doing? So yeah, we, we just do it. It's, I don't know why. Yeah, we, I totally, totally agree. All of these things, I think, and a lot of the other issues that we see in our mm-hmm. own businesses and the people who we mentor and coach, I think a lot of them come out of these kind of heart root issues. Yeah. They're all little stems off of that. So yeah. hopefully um, those of you who uh, do your creative work as a business will mm-hmm. get a lot out of this or just say like, oh my gosh, me totally too. I'm not it. alone. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank the Lord. I'm not alone in this. No, or that's what this is. That's what <laughs> yeah. this is. Sometimes when you label things and when you know that, like when you know what they are and you know that it's normal, then mm-hmm. it just, it takes a lot of the angst out. It does. It takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about these things. So the first thing, and I think this is a really big one oh, yeah. is you don't treat your business like a business. <laughs> Which sounds so simple, but man, we do this. And I, I think we both see it so much with people, you know, just getting started. I know we felt it in our our ways, you know, in the beginning of our businesses. But, you know, you can even, you can find yourself falling into that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I have to watch it specifically around the time, you know, depending on like this week, I've got extra family in town and we can go, my parents have a big backyard so we can go be outside, you know, and uh, not all over each other and still see each other. And it's going to be super tempting to be down there all week long. And I, I can't, I don't get to do that. You know, I still have work that I have to do. Now there's great flexibility that comes with owning your own business, you know, so if I get enough done. Sure. But that's one of those things, you know, we kind of find ourselves falling into these places where we're not really treating it 
like a business at all. <laughs> we're just, you know. Right. Or we were just like, well, I don't feel like doing this today, mm-hmm. so I won't do that. And you would never do that with a, re- you know, a yeah. real a job. Real job. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, which, you know, creative, owning a creative business or owning a business in general, it is a real job. Yes. The, the rise in, you know, sole proprietorships and individual entrepreneurs uh, running their own business is, yeah. I think it's becoming much more typical now. It um, is. You're seeing that a lot more. And it's just become so much more accessible with the internet mm-hmm. and everything else. It's just easier to do now than I think it was even, um, you know, 15 years ago or so. No doubt. And But it's so tempting, especially when you work from home, especially when it's just you, Um it is really tempting to just let all those little things kind of slide. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it. Well, you know, like, man, what did I do on my work today? I ended up, I went to the grocery store. I did laundry. I, you know, spent um, time on social media that was not purposeful. I doodled with this and that. And at the end of the day, I didn't do, this was my work time and I didn't do any work. So Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people asking me like how I'm so productive. And one of my top answers is because I treat it like a job. And so I I require myself to be productive in my job just as was expected of me when I worked in the corporate world. I had to show that I was working and I had to Mm -hmm. show results. And so- Um, so I'm, I'm disciplined about that. And I think that that's such a key to success in, Mm -hmm. um, in creative business is to, to treat it like a business, treat your work seriously. And you had brought up a point too, like the financial aspect, even just like, um, budgeting Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're spending money on, the things that are going to matter. Yeah, I think that's a huge one, especially getting started. But even, you know, I think even once your business is more established, we just tend, especially if you're, a, you know, a solo entrepreneur, it's just really easy to, you know, kind of find yourself down a, you know, a rabbit hole and you're, you know, oh, I need that. Oh, I need that. And it's just like, just stop. <laughs> Just stop for a minute. Um, I know one of the things specifically in my mind lately with this, just because of some one-on-one, you know, clients and different conversations we've been having in the mentoring group, it's, you know, it's really tempting, especially getting started, to spend a ton of money on, um, you know, a graphic designer and and no knock on that. You know, it's, it is valuable incredible work. And when you can can afford it, it makes sense to have a graphic designer or a web developer come in and, you know, really tighten up your presence and, you know, your branding presence, your website presence. But, you know, when you're itty bitty and you're just starting and you have very little budget, you know, you would be better off to, for instance, just as an example, to pay someone a little bit to help you with the concepts and create some of this stuff on your own, um, use a templated website, you know, use a Squarespace website or something like that, then you would to spend, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars very early on. You know, that's just an example. And again, it's not that those things aren't valuable. And I wouldn't tell you the minute you can afford it if it's what you need and you know you're at the place where financially it makes sense, then yeah, go for it. That's great. I've done that too. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just in the beginning, is that the best use of, let's just say $3,000, you know, a new website and a logo package, branding packet, is that the best thing in the beginning? Probably not, you know, probably not. You can, um, you can create, you know, there's so many softwares and apps and, you know, things we can use now to create some cohesiveness and, you know, with our branding and we can keep things really clean and simple to begin with and focus on, let's say we buy a camera that can help us shoot incredible pictures, which produces a really cohesive feel to our social media feeds. You know, that's just an example. Um, We just kind of you know, we get excited and we want to do everything at one time and it's just, is it really pushing the needle forward. I think that's the question, you know, no matter what the the thing is, is is this yeah. purchase or this money spent really going to help me 
move to the next step? Or is it just something that can wait, you know? And I get it. I'm dealing with that right now. I keep going, I'm vacillating back and forth on a new lens right now, you know? And I mean, I keep, I've been talking to Marion about it for three Mm -hmm. weeks, but I have decided this morning, is it really important that it's the even more professional lens, really? Am I real? I mean, is it necessary to spend the $1,200 right now versus $320? And I've almost decided it's just probably not. I probably just need yeah. to get the $320 one. It's okay. You know, it's not, it's not a massive difference. So what is better for me right now? Is it going to produce so much more, you know, than that option that it just rockets me to the next place probably not it's it's really probably not so those those kinds of decisions they're they're hard yeah you know I I think that's a good question ask when you're talking about treating your business as a business and and that being maybe a struggle for you or looking at man like why am I just not as effective as I want to be to to ask the question am I putting my time and money towards the things that are making a profit that are giving me a return and if the answer is most of the time no you're buying things that are like man I could spend so much money on props I just love props (laughs) me too it's a problem do 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 (laughs) they make me any money I could argue maybe a little bit of money through freelan- uh, freelance photography yeah. and through um, blog revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I could argue that, but is it really what would be a better use of my time? Yeah. Making something to sell or, you know, spending money on yeah. buying props. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. So I think... Yeah. So I think asking the question, what is going to make money? What Mm -hmm. is going to move me closer towards my goals? Those are the things that you need to be working on to treat your business like a business and saying no to some things. Like I remember a time I realized I was just running errands like two days a week would be running errands for things like going to the grocery store and then putting all the groceries away and then you know, doing laundry and then picking up the boys for this and doing that. And Mm -hmm. I just realized like, I would never do this if I was in an office. I would say, I can't go to the grocery store during this time because this is when I work. And I finally started doing that. I finally started Mm -hmm. saying the grocery store has to happen on the weekends. It Mm -hmm. can't happen or in the evening. It can't happen during my prime work time. And and that shift really helped. It it regained, not only did it regain work time, but it regained personal time because- my personal time wasn't spent trying to catch up on all the work that I didn't do while I was doing mm-hmm. personal things. So anyway, yeah. now that we've beat that. But it's a death, big one though. That may be it the, is. Biggest That's the biggest one. one. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's the biggest one. So treat your business like a business. Um, another mistake that creative entrepreneurs make is they don't talk about or promote their work. Yeah. Yeah. They feel shy about it. Mm-hmm. They think nobody will like it. And they, you know, yeah, it's Don't subtle. Don't talk about it. Right. It's subtle too sometimes. It's, you know, and I, I was just telling a client this last week, I find myself doing this sometimes without meaning to. I'll get back, especially right now, I'm not selling a product as of, I think this week, I think I am actually selling art. <laughs> as of so yesterday, as you're of not a couple days a ago, it's just like all of a sudden now, okay, I guess I am selling a product again. But, you know, so far, let's just say from January to now, it's been a service, you know, it's been coaching and it's been the groups and, you know, we're, um, we were promoting sort of courses. So it's this information, right? And I find myself in a place where, I'm not really asking. I'm just sharing all this stuff that I'm doing, but I'm not really asking. And that's where it comes in a lot is the, we'll share what we're doing. You know, we'll share like, oh, painted this. Oh, did this, doing this. But we're never really having a conversation with our readers, followers, or customers on how they can find success with our brand. You know, how can they... Um, how can their experience be transformative? You know, how do we yeah. help them? How do we, what can we offer them? We kind of stop talking that way and we're just, you know, showing pretty pictures and maybe even showing things we're working on. So 
Um, and that does not even include, of course, like you said, we're nervous. We're, you know, we're a little insecure. We, we are worried people won't like it. You know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Or we're worried we're going to alienate people by telling them that we're selling something. And that kind of goes into a point a little later, but, um, yeah, this is something that's a struggle for me because, I came from, when I was in the corporate world, I worked in recruiting and a part Mm -hmm. of recruiting is sales. It's, you know, it's the the headhunter. It's going out and finding the people for the job, finding the job, matching the people to the job. And and there's this, this big sales component. And for a while I was working in a, in a company in downtown DC Mm -hmm. that was a bullpen, you know, we wore full suits um, and we would have like those sales meetings where we do like role play and all this stuff. And all of that just made sales so distasteful to me because it all felt very like manipulative and you've got to just make it's, it was about making the sale more than making the right fit, Yeah, Um, which making the right fit was important because then you'd get more money off of it sure, and you'd get more business off of it. But there was such an emphasis on just the numbers game that, that Mm -hmm. sales became this very distasteful thing to me. And so, um, so I, I have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. And a good example of that is we were at a uh, an antiques market. I sold at Luckett's every year and we were there. And my husband had started, he had kind of this little gap between when he went part-time mm-hmm. before he started his degree. And also he was helping me out with managing the milk paint line. And um, he said, why aren't you going around to all the booths here and giving yeah. out your cards and letting people know you have a paint line? Because these are people from all over the place who might be interested yeah. in carrying it in their shop. And I'm like... Because I don't want to, and that's you know scary. And what if what if they don't like it? And I don't know. That just sounds like, hey, you want to carry my paint line, don't you? You know, here's my card. I don't know. There's something that feels door to door about that, and I just don't like it. I don't want to do that. I'm just gonna sit in my booth and yeah, hands off. (laughs) Yeah, and so he grabbed a stack of cards and he went around and told everybody all about the paint and yeah. everything. And we ended up getting several new retailers. retailers from that. I mean, that was a, you know, it took him like a half an hour. Yeah. And that was something that ended up making thousands of dollars. Right. And it was like, but I was not going to do it because I just didn't want to talk about the thing, something yeah. that was going to make me money. Yeah. I didn't want to promote it. I didn't want to talk about it. Man, that's crazy. so funny. <laughs> But I mean, I, I can see that it, and I mean, especially with your background, you know, um, I feel like it, that probably shaped a lot, you know, because you were, it, that environment is very, you know, it's like, let's, let's get it, you know, and that does feel yeah. a little different than, you know, the kinds of conversational marketing that we see now, you know, and sales that's really about like, how does this product or service help you, benefit you, transform you? You know, um, marketing's very different now, you know, just naturally mm-hmm. yeah. than it used to be. And so, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, because I know for me, I was in direct sales before I started blogging. But because it was all centered around the home, it was much more conversational. So I find I have no problem usually. <laughs> asking for money or asking for someone to, you know, engage and, you know, sell. Mine mine comes more from that, you know, that we talked about a minute ago. It comes more from the, I'm just kind of in the hustle and bustle. And right now, this particular facet of my business is moving and shaking. And I'll kind of just stop asking or showing people in a clear, easy way to interact or shop or whatever the thing is, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a, an accidental thing. It's a busy, my brain gets, you know, uncentered, I guess. Is that a word? Uncentered? <laughs> Whatever. Off-center, Off-center. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, it's just easy yeah. for that to happen. It just sneaks up yeah. and you're not really promoting what you do. We feel kind yeah. of guilty to do it and we shouldn't. It's not, it's not bad to, you know. Yeah to talk about and promote what you do, to give people a clear, easy way to purchase things if that's what they want to do. You're not making them. You're just making the offer clear, you know, 
And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a, there's, those things yeah. are different. I think some easy places to start is like just to start sharing on social media, yeah. make sure that it's in your profile. Like yeah. I sell antiques, you know, that it's very, yeah. we, I think there, there's this thing with the profile that we want to just like make it all cute, you yeah. know, like, you know, boy, mom, <laughs> uh, I don't know, jogger, <laughs> garden lover, yeah. eater of cheese, you yeah. know, whatever. It's right. like we make it all this stuff and then it's like, okay. Right. What do you do? What do you what? do? <laughs> what do you do? I know. So I think letting people know what you do is important. I think having mm-hmm. links that go directly to the places where people can learn about your yeah. services, buy your products directly, mm-hmm. or learn where to buy them if you sell at physical locations and not online. Yeah. And um, and I think it helps me to, to sometimes be like, okay, I'm putting my publicity hat on right now, my marketing yeah. hat. Yeah. And this is when I'm going to really think about, okay, if I was, if I was coaching someone else with what to do yeah. with this, you know, with promoting their business, what would I be telling them? And I kind of yeah. tell myself that and I say, okay, mm-hmm. Marion, th- this <laughs> is not you in the suit in the bullpen anymore. No. This is, this is you having a conversation with people who are asking you if they can buy this stuff right. or who are asking you about this. Right. So let's, let's just help, help them make, uh, help them out a little. Yeah. Just, easy, just help them make the decision for themselves. That's the thing this yeah. weekend. It was, so I just have started again this year, dabbling in art again, dabbling. I would say I, that that's a stretch. <laughs> So it, it looks more than dabbling to me. Well, but in my <laughs> mind, so I know, you know, I, know. I used to paint on canvases really just for fun. I mean, I sold a couple like back when I had the stores, you know, but it was more mm-hmm. of always just a creative fun thing for me. And I only used acrylics back then. So, you know, you have been painting with oils for a year or so Two, no, two, three years, but I about three years. Yeah. So I, you know, this last year have just been like, all right. I'm going to try, you know, and after we met over a year ago, you know, at your house, I was like, all right, I'm going to play. I've got some, I'm just going to pull them out. I, I've missed painting because I missed painting furniture, I missed painting, you know, in the stores. And um, so anyway, the point is, is since, you know, last, I guess, August, whenever that was, I came July, I uh, have been painting again. And it's kind of a great thing because it's something I shoot a lot for, you know, the creative exponent or even my own feed, just because I love paint. I'm, I'm a words and paint girl. That's just my, those are my things, you know? So, um, anyway, long story short, over the last, especially like month, I've been getting (laughs) questions about, well, is this for sale? Can I, you know, I see that I can do some prints, but what about the originals? And this weekend it was like five or six people. And I just finally... (laughs) looked at Andrew and said, okay, I got, I guess I got to figure this out. I'm making this impossible for someone to make the decision that they can make on their own. You know, they can decide if they want it. I'm not going to cram it down their throats, but it's, you know, that's another way that we sort of manifest our insecurities. It's just like, well, I, you know, I don't think it's really good enough to sell yet. Well, clearly someone does, you know, they're asking. So, you know, sometimes we get in our own way in moving forward. We really do. Totally. We really do. (laughs) So another one is another mistake that creative entrepreneurs make is you apologize for making money. Yeah. You feel like you're selling out. Yeah. And um, we'll call it the selling out syndrome. That's right. (laughs) You feel like now the art has been compromised. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And there are people who are going to tell you that, especially sure. if you're doing it with a big audience, they are going to tell you that you now have sold out. Yeah. Um, I had somebody tell me, this was a few months ago, they were like, I used to really love you, but now you're just a big corporation. Yeah. You're just a big, <laughs> and I, I remember reading that being like, no, I'm no. really not. It really is just me. It's just me. And <laughs> I'm reading this message and it's, I have a couple mm-hmm. people who, I have one person who helps me part-time with my Miss Mustard Seed stuff. Everybody yeah. else who works for me part-time manages the milk paint line, which yeah. is, you know, 
it's big enough that it needs to be more than yeah. just me handling it. But when it comes to my um, my blog, my social media, all of that, I, I only have one person yeah. working for me part-time, yeah. and that's it. And, and so, that's you know, I, I think it's um, – but people are going to tell you sure. that, that you've sold out. Um, they're, they're, that's just what's going to happen. And then that makes you feel – I remember when I monetized my blog, I had mm-hmm. people tell me that. And I felt that. I felt like, man, is this selling out, like putting ads on my blog? Does yeah. this – you know, and, and it was great. I had a conversation with, um, Karen actually of the graphics fairy. Mm -hmm. She has a very successful site built on offering vintage graphics. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, Marion, is this, is this a business or not? Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Great question. (laughs) Okay. Okay. If it's a business, then it's okay if you're making money. right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, then (laughs) why are you feeling weird about making money? Um, And I learned a lot from the ladies who own the Luckett store as well, Mm because they even though they I mean, they have a passion for antiques. They love it and decorating Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. But it is a business and they are not apologizing for the fact that they have price tags on their pieces (laughs) and that they are selling them. (laughs) They're just not going to apologize for that. That's right. Um, and I so think, that's a good question. Is this a business or not? If it you're is. Feeling that way? That's yeah, yeah, that's the that's the question, really, because, you know, a lot of times that selling out comes from, you know, like that comment, you know, if you had not been centered really already in the fact that this is just this is a business and you are you are you enjoy it. There's a bajillion things that are offered for free, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And while you know, <laughs> let me just say this, just in case, because now I feel a little protective. But like you know, ads and things like that are not these, you know, million dollar money makers. It's not like yeah. you're just raking in loads and loads of money from ad revenue and things like that. So any when you're doing the kind of work that you do or I do or, you know, people like us, it's um, you're having to really diversify to make, you know, a decent income so that you can, you know, continue doing what you do, especially for a long time before the business is really established. So every little bit helps and, and the things, you know, that make sense for your brand just make sense and you feel good about it. And, you know, we've got to give ourselves permission to, to do those things, you know, and to, Mm -hmm. to make money, you know, that's, we're not selling out by, you know, if we're going to put time and effort and energy and, and want a profit back, then yeah, it's, that's not, we're not sellouts because we're doing that. Yeah. That's, and I think that that's you, that's used and thrown around a lot more, um, in a, in the creative business circle. Sure. Because there's like, it's your art and you've, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. on this higher plane and it's like, great. Well, you can go do uncompromised art for free sure, (laughs) or, or you can do your art and sell it and, and make, and make money doing it. And it it shouldn't be this negative. Yeah. It's whatever works for you, you know, this negative thing. Yeah. And that's true. Some people, if you want it to be a hobby, then just let it be a hobby. That's okay. But if it's a business, don't, don't feel bad about um, about making money. Don't apologize for it. And right. I think especially as women, I think women yeah. tend to kind of, I don't know, for some reason, that's we feel a little apologetic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I'd say the fourth one would be isolating yourself. Yeah. And kind of, I think, with that, when you isolate yourself from community, I think, or community is something that it's a way for you to kind of keep tabs on everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not a way really to genuinely connect. Um, and I think that really leads to paranoia. Everybody's mm-hmm. copying you. You can't share your work because somebody's going to steal it. You've got to, um, you know, the watermark has to be the most prominent thing on every single photo that you share because yeah. you're just certain that everybody's out for you. And, and you know. It's exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think so. And I think that's what happens when you when you don't plug into community, when you don't make genuine like connections, partnerships and collaboration in, you know, which, man, just great stuff is found in collaboration and in community. Um, 
And it also just gets lonely. You get stuck in your own head. Yeah. Um, it, it just, input is so important. I think um, this is in a different context, but um, uh, Jeff talks about, uh, you know, he's a pastor, so he has all these great <laughs> analogies always. So he talks about being a swamp. And he's like, yeah. you know, water without a good outlet becomes... A, yeah. a swamp it's you've got to have a, a flow inflow yeah. and an outflow and yeah. I think that that's so true as a creative and especially as a creative business owner you've got to have really good input you've got to have yeah. other people building into you other people saying the things to you like is this a business or not yeah <laughs> what work do you need to be doing right now to make money what's right. what you know all of that stuff um you've got to have that quality input but you've also you also have to have quality output mm -hmm. through community connecting with other people collaborating yeah. um otherwise you become a swamp yeah it's it's very um it's very still you know very still yeah. and quiet in there all by yourself um and I think too we just we do a really good job sometimes of convincing ourselves of the reasons why we don't need that you know and there it's a myriad of things it's not just one or the other but we you know it's it's busyness it's you know, well, I don't, I'm not like them. They don't get me. I don't get them. It's, you know, I don't want to be like them, whoever the them is, you know, it's, I don't. And what we're doing when we do that is we're blanket, we're sort of stereotyping for lack of a better word. You know, we're deciding this group or this thing, it is this way. And, you know, the truth is, community is not just found in the masses it's found in the moments you know of of mm -hmm. connecting with people it's it's in the one person that you talk to that day in the group of the mass of people it's not you know it's not found just because you're in this large group it's found because you've leaned in and you've gotten closer yeah. you know to someone to have a moment with them you know um it's I see you writing things down. Because <laughs> I don't know if you realize, but that was so good. I Community did. isn't found in the masses. It's found in the moments. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. That I'm was writing good. that down. That's okay. got to be a Shauna quote that goes on the TCE Instagram. Yeah, that's true. We do tend to quote things from the podcast. That's, you know, it's a good way to throw out what we've been talking about. No, I, but I think it's really valuable because we, we kind of, forget that, you know, we don't have to connect to everybody. It's just great to connect with somebody. That's all. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be this, you know, we, we're super involved because I will tell you, I struggle with that. I really do. My biggest hold back and hold up with, um, with community of any kind is that I tend without meaning to, here's a vulnerable thing. It's not that I feel judgmental. It's that I just decide we won't connect. You know, I decide mm -hmm. that what's important to me is not going to be important to them. And we're going to, there's going to be a wall. And I, I can do that in relationships too, because I feel um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing <laughs> about mm -hmm. me that I've learned over the years that I just tend to kind of self-isolate without meaning to. And yet I'm pretty extroverted, but I've got this extrovert introvert thing going on and I'll do that. I'll convince myself, you know, no, you're not going to be able to connect. Um, they're not going to, you're not going to be received well, or you're going to be a little too much. And then I just have to tell myself that I'm not quite as different as I've got in my mm. own mind. And it's really not that complex. You know, people are totally like me and nothing like me all at the same time, every day, all over the world, you know, so, yeah, it's just, yeah. we do. Isolation is um, is something we tend to do to ourselves more than we realize, you know. So, yeah. and it matters. Especially, especially when we work alone. Yes. Then it's easy yes. to kind of just, you know, keep your own counsel, keep your own company. And um, I think one thing that I noticed um, this year I decided I had kind of, I realized I was using Instagram a bit reluctantly and Facebook as well, that yeah. it was just kind of like, man, if I didn't have a business that I had to promote and like, if this was not a good way to market <laughs> yeah. and get traffic and all of that, I would just not do it at all. Yeah. And, and I had just kind of let some cynicism creep in. I had let some 
like that comparison just really start to drag me down. And that's what those, especially Instagram, that's what that platform became about for me. And Mm -hmm. Facebook became about playing the algorithm game to me, which was just like, no fun. Yeah. And and so much joy was sucked out of (laughs) using that platform because I just felt like it was a game I couldn't win. It was a losing game. Yeah. Um, And then Instagram just felt like this place where I'd go and then feel terrible about myself because everybody else has, you know, they know how to put fake eyelashes on (laughs) they and they are they can bake bread and they're still like a size two and and so they're not eating it, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. You know, this stuff that you just start to sit around and stew on and that it just, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I realized Instagram was becoming a super negative place for me. And so was Facebook. And I was like, you know what? So this year I was like, I, I just want to embrace Instagram for what it is, for community, for, I just want to share what I do without overthinking it too Mm -hmm. much. Um, I'm going to get on and talk about what I do and, and more, I'm just going to be more intentional with it. And with Facebook, I'm just going to share on it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. worry about the algorithm. I'm not yeah. going to worry about the game and all of that. And I'll tell you what, not only do I enjoy them so much more, mm-hmm. but I've made so much more like I've, I've built a lot more community. There's so much yeah. more dialogue happening between myself and other people it feels great to go around and comment and yeah. encourage people like yeah. leave little, little encouragements yeah. all over Instagram, telling people that they're awesome, that, that what they did was beautiful, that you're, yeah. you're inspired by what they shared, that yeah. it moved you, whatever, um, sending DMs. Mm-hmm. And I, and I used to not do that. It was kind of like, I was like a sniper. I would go in and mm-hmm. post my picture and leave. And then I would come in and maybe answer a few questions, but it was about letting people come to me. It wasn't about going out to them. So anyway, I just, so not only am I just enjoying those platforms a lot more, but, um, but I've seen a lot of growth because it's like, I'm using the platform the way it was intended to be used. And so, um, anyway, that to say, just don't isolate yourself. Don't sit around being grouchy at other people's (laughs) success and what other people are doing and that Facebook algorithm messed you up. Like you can really, there can be some real bitterness there, I think. And, and then again, some real paranoia about chasing down everybody who's copying you and um, stuff like that. And, and then you don't want to share anything and then you, I don't know. It's just like, just a pretty empty place to, to live and create in. Yep. Yeah. You can't create out of that place really well. Um, and then the last thing that we'd say, number five, a mistake that creative entrepreneurs make is you feel like an imposter. Yeah. And yeah, miss paint dabbler. (laughs) 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 And I know I do this too. (laughs) I tell people they don't want to buy a commission piece from me because there are real artists out there that they should buy from. (laughs) So. You should go over there, probably. I'm not really that. I do that, too. I would even, when I sold antiques, I would send people to other booths that I thought had better stuff. I mean, just so ridiculous. People who wanted to buy stuff from me, and I would tell them they should go somewhere else. And that was all about, it was all about feeling like an imposter, feeling like, um, even after, even calling myself a writer was still really hard yeah. for a long time. Even after yeah. I had written hundreds of articles, written a book, mm-hmm. written my blog for years, calling myself a writer was, was really hard because yeah. yeah. I just didn't, I, I don't know. You just, I think we build up these ideas in our heads that like a, a writer, they need to like, they're, they're sitting at their vintage mm-hmm. typewriter and they're, knocking out like they've got their storyboard on the wall and they everything is sure and certain and confident you know they pulled in a pulitzer yeah and it's just not that way (laughs) it's it's just not not. do you write you're a writer yeah right (laughs) you know right yeah it's that do do the do the verb be the verb verb. anyway yeah, I, I think it's, we just kind of build up this idea in our head of what things mm-hmm. are and aren't. Yes. And, and I think we build those often excluding ourselves. We yes. say, well, they're this and that, and, and I'm not those things, so therefore I, I'm not 
this, but what's comforting is that you see when you read writings of people who, um, you know, we consider just masters in Mm -hmm. their craft, um, and, and they have the same insecurities that we do. Yep. They feel like, like, I think John Steinbeck said that Grapes of Wrath was, mm-hmm. it was just the best he could do. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> it was just like, and it was probably wasn't very good. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so many examples of that where, yeah. where these masters felt like their, their works were not good. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. wonder now, you know, we value anything that's done by Monet or Picasso or, any little ditty that Mozart scribbled out, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I bet that a lot of the pieces are that are hanging in museums and that we're playing these days would have been, you know, on the scrap pile, yeah. not good enough, not yeah. that well, they question think, themselves. and Yes, and I think that we're, we are just so unaware of what we're actually creating as a whole, you know, the, over the whole of our lives. We just get so fixated and we all do it, you know. I've spent a lot of time with one client in particular talking about that. And I think it's it's just so tempting to be so fixated on what our goals are or what it should look like, who we are and who we are not, that we really do forget about, you know, because, for instance, one of my dreams, you know, would be I just it, I want to write something that is impactful. I want to write something that really moves a lot of people. Well, okay, that's a great that's a great dream. That's a good dream, you know. Wonderful. What if what if a lot of people <laughs> what if 10 people, you know, from the people that are reading what I'm writing right now are deeply impacted by it? Mm-hmm. Deeply. Um do I really, does it need to be, what is a lot of people? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, is it really that it needs to be a lot of people or does it mean that it needs to be impactful? And what does that really look like? What's the, mm-hmm. the whole picture? What, like you said, once it's all over and it's done, what will I look back on if I could, if I were still here and be really proud of, really grateful for? Um, and, you know, that's that those are those are the meaningful things. Those are the important parts. You know, we're creating all this stuff and we don't even know who we're touching and how deeply it moves them or how inspiring it is. Just maybe even it's just you you're helping them feel related to. I mean, even just a simple, those things are deeply moving, deeply impactful. And it just doesn't matter if it's five people or 500,000. It really doesn't. I mean, it really doesn't. Um, So yeah, I think we just tend to, we decide this is who we are, this is who we are not. So for me, I am a writer, I'm not a painter. You see, we, we decide those things, you know, I'm, um, I'm an artist because I'm a writer, not because I'm a painter. You know, and that is not fair because there are, you know, because it's so funny a lot of times. Here's another way you know you're doing this to yourself. Go look at, like, let's say for you it is paint or it's writing, okay? Go, because we both relate to those very well. Go look at the people you love, like the artists you love. Are they doing something that's just like way, I mean, and I'm talking about get detailed, all right? Like, <laughs> Look at the lines, look at the coloring, look at the, you know, look at the way that their painting reads as a whole. What does it evoke? You know, what does the movement look like in it? For writing, how do the words flow off the page? What what things do they do that you love? And then ask yourself, how different is yours really? You know, how different really is it? Maybe you're just a couple steps behind them because you've not been doing it as long, but it's pretty close. You're in the same realm. Well, then guess what? You've just gotten started. Congratulations. Get off your own back, you know? Um, (laughs) You're going to get better. You're going to learn more, you know? Um, And we just, we do. We just fall into that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And I do think in fairness to those of us that feel that way, there, there are, groups or even just people individually that tend to, there's a lot of pressure to be, uh, 
you know, you've got to be a real artist to do this. And when you put this out there and say that you're, you know, this is art, it's like, well, not really though. <laughs> you know, and same thing with every other, every other craft, you know. Um, so that's in fairness, there is some pressure out there, you know, external pressure to feel like, well, it, it may not be good enough in so-and-so's eyes. And, you know, yeah, that's, so that's fair. And it, it does come sometimes from those places too. But, you know, hey, if it's good enough for you and it's good enough for someone who's interested in it, you know, then guess what? Congratulations. <laughs> You're a painter or whatever the thing is, you know. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's sometimes art school, and I can say this because I went to a fine arts college, I think sometimes art school is, is the worst thing for artists <laughs> because yeah. it really does. Um, it puts art in a box and says, this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. This is what's good. This sure. is what's bad. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's, oh, that's all just opinion. It is mm -hmm. all just opinion. Yeah. There are people who thought Picasso's work was ridiculous yeah. and comical and laughable yeah. and childish. And, um, you know, when you look at all the studies of lines and proportions and perspective and all of those yeah. things, like he just messed them all up. He yeah. didn't, he didn't he do just scribble outside it's of the lines. Literally. It's <laughs> terrible when you look at, look at a sense yeah. of perspective. And so, you know, I, so I think, um, yeah, I, I think you've got to, allow yourself to kind of chuck some, na some convention yeah. and, um, and, and just create, you have some freedom there mm -hmm. and, uh, and just, it's okay if your art doesn't, doesn't fit into those yeah. boxes that have yeah. been set up. And, yeah. uh, I think it's oftentimes the people who don't stay within those boxes. Yeah. Those are the ones who really break out and, and, just launch something entirely new. Yeah. I often think about that with my art because I like kind of more, I do kind of more traditional impressionistic mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever really go anywhere with it because I'm, because I am so conventional. I don't so step outside. I'm too tidy. I do. I'm too, I, I follow the rules too closely. It does. It and does. But I it. think it, yeah. it's the people who are willing to, to step outside who are going to, there I am. See, I'm. See, I'm I think it's. Yeah, I was going to say. Pause. Just, <laughs> just, just, it's just, it's just everybody. To make a point. Right. It's. It, it doesn't matter if it's that. If it's the people that step out of the box, or the people who are inside the confines of that box doing it well. That that part doesn't matter. Yep. No, you're not yeah. allowed to do that. Anymore. I know. Just I like know. I'm not well, allowed to do the other. It's, you know. That's right. You're not allowed to be a dabbler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, I hope there's something in here that really strikes a chord with Me you. Too. And that's an encouragement that says like, okay, I, first of all, feeling this way is normal. Feeling this yeah. way is going to be something that you combat probably on and off yes. continually. Several of <laughs> yeah. these things are going to be things that you continue to combat, but knowing about them, talking about them, being aware yeah. when you're kind of sinking down that hole, when you're mm -hmm. making that mistake, um, I think is, is just an important place to be. And because yeah. we want to see you guys um, be successful, whatever success looks like for you, mm -hmm. um, whether it's yes, just, you know, making a little extra pocket money to pay for your art supplies or That's it's right. um, growing a whole brand and mm -hmm. going big, whatever that is. So, yeah. well, we've got our creative contraption back this week. We, we do. Kinda, we brought it back. Yeah. We've kind of, I feel like we've, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of settling back into our routines and also yeah. it felt like a good time, but I wanted, so this is an old creative contraption yes. that actually was when Shauna discovered the Ranger notebooks, yeah. which if you have not, and when we released them, we were like, we probably have the last two on Earth. Right. <laughs> we couldn't so, find them anywhere else. <laughs> they, they were not being sold at craft stores. I mean, mm -hmm. we couldn't find them. It was like, why are they getting rid of this amazing notebook? Right. And um, I was, I don't know, on a whim, I think, because I've been kind of afraid to use mine. So I think it's yeah. empty. And so... <laughs> So I went online and searched and they do carry them at Blick. So yeah. if you go on Blick, you can and look up Ranger Notebook, 
you can find them. They have this hard kind of cardboard cover. Yes. They lay, they open and lay flat. They have really thick pages. They do. They have a pocket in it that closes with mm-hmm. a little wine, you know, little it's wine great. string. And they make them in a smaller size, mm-hmm. like a little similar I think to it's kind an of eight an by A5. five. A five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's they're great. It, and they'll, it's a great little size. It is. Yeah. And they'll hold, you know, the paper. It's important to note, I've done a lot of sketches and watercolor in mine. And it hold, you know, it holds up great. There's no wavy pages or anything like that. Um, and done a lot of little paint, you know, loose paint charts on them. So mine got chewed by one of the dogs. And, mm-hmm. the, and then also she chewed a pen. So that bled all over the notebook. I was devastated. <laughs> So when you talk, I really was, it was really a bad day. So anyway, when you told me you found them, I immediately ordered a new one because it's just like the other one is chewed to heck and back. I ordered two. I got a big one and a little one. So now Mm -hmm. I have two big ones and a little one. And uh, yeah, anyway, so um, those are around. I would suggest taking a look at them, especially if you do any kind of design work or you want to keep like an art journal Mm -hmm. or a play, you know, I'm going to use one for my house. I think it'll be fun to kind of put in fabric swatches and paint swatches and stuff. Even after the fact, even though the room's already done, it would still be fun. Go back and do it. (laughs) Go back and put, put together a little board for it. But, um, anyway, so those are back and, um, Next week, we're going to talk about, I'm really excited about it, actually, as I was putting notes together, we're going to talk about creative practices for, and we put this in quotes, Mm non-creatives. So those are just people who feel like they're not creative. We think everybody's creative and we'll make that case. But (laughs) for those who don't feel like they are, we have some really great exercises to kind of prove to yourself that you are creative and also just to get some some creative juices flowing. So we'll talk about that next week. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker's Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.